Hello and welcome to the CGF podcast. My name is Louise Chester. I work in the communications team at the Consumer Goods Forum and this is the latest episode in our second season of the podcast where we delve behind the scenes of our work and we share our thoughts on the challenges facing our industry, the planet and its people. The Consumer Goods Forum is a CEO-led organization that helps the world's retailers and consumer goods manufacturers to collaborate alongside other key stakeholders to secure consumer trust and drive positive change. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Victoria Brophy, Executive Director at leading PR agency Golin. At the CGF, we've been working with Golin for several years now, and I know that Victoria will have some really interesting insights on the current coronavirus situation and the implications for brands and, of course, our members. So hello, Victoria. Thank you so much for joining me today on, on the podcast. How are you doing? Good, thank you. And thank you for inviting me. It's a, it's a really interesting time, so delighted to be able to talk through a couple of different topics today and have a chat with you. Super. Thank you for being here. Well, yes, as you mentioned, it's a very peculiar time indeed. And for any listeners who may be listening to this podcast a couple of months later, we're, we're recording whilst we are in the midst of the, the COVID-19 global pandemic um, crisis. So Victoria and I are both recording from the comforts of our own home, thankfully. Um, so my first question, quite a few of these questions, of course, do relate to the current context where we're living in right now. But my first one is about the online conversation around this, because you know, we've been working with Golan for a few years now. I know that a part of what you do is, is to monitor the online conversations around different topics. Um, so you must have been watching this one very closely. How have you seen the conversation around COVID-19 evolve in the past couple of weeks? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we have a number of different tools that are put in place to give us real-time alerts um, and then to compare and contrast different markets, different topics, mm. and the type of media coverage and the sentiment with that that perhaps links different topics. And the patterns have been really really quite interesting we've been through a number of different waves of content really uh, there's obviously the initial outbreak and some of the the panic that comes with that naturally and the search for information but on a topic or certainly on a, a virus that we didn't really know much about and to an extent still don't yeah we've seen the wave from the initial outbreak in china and then how that's sort of moved through into Europe and then taken hold quite significantly. And then that following impact with the US. So you can see the, how the global media have reacted to this. Interestingly, the, spread, the actual spread when you relate to some of the data from, say, Johns Hopkins University data collating information or the World Health Organization, the incidences of confirmed cases and then sadly confirmed deaths have a different trajectory to the media conversation and obviously there's been a vast increase in the amount of conversation ahead of the same kind of population of of confirmed cases and then deaths 
I think oh, the other interesting yeah. thing that we saw that none of us really expected to see was the different content or the topics within media articles that touched on COVID. And there were some fundamental topics that you started to see emerging, um, a lot on mental health, which for a pandemic that is a respiratory related illness, mental health is an interesting topic to come from the, from, from the side of that. And we've also seen a real mix between factual information and coverage of government updates or international organization updates. And then maybe some of the more lighthearted content, the user generated content, the, the memes that come from this as well. So you can see very distinct topics and distinct authors from that too. And it's ever changing every day. We check into, we have dashboards that update in real time and you could check in at 6am, you know, Central European time. And then when you check in again at 9pm, it could be very different. So it's interesting to see how it turns hour by hour too. Mm, that is very interesting. And actually, when you were speaking, then I was just thinking about um, some of the influencer content, you know, people I may follow on uh, Instagram and YouTube and how their content schedules clearly been, you know, it's, it's had to change last minute. They're doing a lot of, you know, how to survive through quarantine type videos and posts um, which is, you know, also linked to helping people survive mentally during this time as well. Very interesting. So my next question is about companies and how, how um, we are going to evolve and adapt to this new way of working. So you at Golin, you obviously work with a, a wide range of clients, companies from different industries. So have you seen any examples of how companies have adapted and perhaps found innovative approaches to to this new covid world that we're finding ourselves in my gosh yes i mean i don't think there's any pages of any newspaper or or online web pages that haven't covered some amazing innovations uh, from certain brands and and that's fantastic you know we we need that this time i think uh, strange and extenuating circumstances can really bring out creative solutions in many different ways. But I think there's some unsung uh, sort of heroes here. And I'm not just talking about our amazing carers, and medics and across the world. These are interesting ways in which companies are trying to keep going to make sure that there is sufficient food supply, medical supplies, people are employed, but safely and observing social distancing guidelines. So we've seen all sorts of things. Repurposing of staff. Now that might be anything from uh, some excellent examples with supermarket retailers where maybe some of the head office staff can no longer or there isn't much need for their work. So they're being deployed to help stock the shelves. Very simple, but a really great way of making sure that there's business as usual or as much as usual as you can do. There's logistical pieces where we've seen some businesses turn around and say, well, I've got a ton of trucks that actually they're not being used for their normal purposes. Let me help get medical supplies to you. Uh, but I think the innovation one is one that we've all seen the most. Uh, it's centered on the ventilators right now, I think, between Dyson and uh, scuba masks in Italy being repurposed for ventilators. 
but it's going to continue to need innovative approaches and how we we tackle the response to to this pandemic and i think that's something that needs to also take place in the workplace that will be ways of working that everybody now that can do is working remotely and flexible mm -hmm. hours parents are becoming teachers i think the adaptation of new ways of working will be really felt when we start to recover and culturally we will have a different approach to the world of work and we'll therefore also have a different approach to our consumption habits because the two will be somewhat intertwined so great to see examples that we've seen fashion houses making medical masks who would have thought that you know uh, a medic or a nurse in a ward somewhere in uh, a provincial town might be wearing a Balenciaga face mask yeah, now. that's amazing. <laughs> it is kind of amazing. But equally, then, how does that keep a brand integrity uh, after, when we're in recovery? How do they then justify making branded goods at certain prices? Yeah, true. So there's a few questions that will need to be addressed. And recovery will be an interesting time as as brands and companies pivot to this, this kind of new world where we're all familiar with a way of being and operating, surviving, that wasn't what it was before. So you mentioned purpose there, Victoria, and that's one thing I wanted to delve a bit more deeply into. And specifically, you, you mentioned brands having to shift purpose. But what advice would you offer to companies and brands at this present time on how to handle this big topic of purpose, whether that's keeping theirs intact or shifting? And what does it mean for brand equity and indeed corporate reputation right now? This is a really tricky one and it's going to depend on a lot of different brands equity and what they've done in the past and how they're truly acting right now i mean it's a kind of minefield we've seen a number of examples of brands that have fallen foul already trying to uh, gain notoriety for a particular thing or maybe not stopping production or closing stores when they maybe should not taking care of their employees, uh, paying out big bonuses because we're at the end of a financial year and naturally that's what would have happened under normal circumstances, but then having to look at the next financial year and question what their workforce looks like. Reputationally, that's a difficult thing to reconcile. I think ultimately, I feel like this isn't necessarily the time for a particular brand to aspire to be a purpose-driven hero and expect credit for that. I think at the moment, it's more about considering some vital questions about how you can truly help and that that should be your purpose. You may not gain credit for that, but it's the right thing to set you up as a responsible business yeah. and to help you in recovery. So. I think those five questions that every brand, and it might be a brand versus a holding company or mm -hmm. a conglomerate question, because it is related to the brand equity. It should be number one, who can you actually help? Is this a natural stakeholder to your audiences? Is this natural that the brand would play in this space? I think number two is where, where can you use your functional operations to be part of the solution? It's not always about donating money, although that's often very much welcome, but is it in the right functional space to do that? 
Then I think this number three is speed. How quickly can you get this moving? Um, this is a pandemic that needs quick responses in certain areas. And so being able to activate something in four months time might not be suitable. Maybe there's something else that a brand could do instead. I think number four is about what mm. that action will actually mean for the industry or sector that you operate in. Bearing in mind that you know, you've got different governments, different national administrations reacting quite differently. That might be in uh, recovery or fiscal stimulus or even cultural limitations to a way of life, it will be different in different markets. So understanding your brand's role in the industry and sector and in that market will be very important. And finally, I think it's ultimately why. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to activate this purposeful activity? And if you're sat there going, because it's right, because right now people need help, mm. then that's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. If it's because oh, we have to do something, I'm scared if we don't do something, we will look bad, then that's not the right motivation. Mm. And you need to probably rethink the other questions. <laughs> and yeah. if you can get through questions one to four, you're probably at the right space where in number five, you're saying, well, yes, this is right, we should just do this. And that should help protect your reputation as well as acting in a, a true and authentic, purposeful way. Yeah, because I think I do think that consumers can tell, um, you know, we're not stupid. We, we can feel whether it's it's being done authentically or or not so much, I suspect. So um, do, do you think that this is a good time for companies and brands to be talking about topics that maybe are not uh, COVID related? For instance, you know, it's, it's a big question on our minds at the moment at the CGF because we we want our members to continue to be um, working hard on and talking about the topics that they work on such as climate change and everything that entails and this our sustainability pillar forced labor um, health and wellness food safety so what do you think about that well it's interesting because a lot of those topics actually dovetail perfectly into how we respond Mm. to the, the COVID pandemic um, I think when relating to purpose on this front, if brands and companies have already been active in this space, and as any other brands who maybe haven't been active as yet, look at the impact that the pandemic will have on perhaps their supply chain or their workforce or their customer base, it will ultimately lead back into some impact on the areas you talked about. Choosing yeah. healthier lives is an ex- excellent example how easy has it been for people trying to find food or live off maybe basic rations whilst in isolation to be healthy? Has it maybe forced them to rethink some of their purchasing habits? Mm. Perhaps they've been reaching out for for tinned fruit, which actually happens sometimes to be cheaper or because of the long life and the fact that it's ambient has been helpful versus buying some fresh fruit. Um, Perhaps it's forced them to look at portion sizes and that's just one option you know that's just one option there so I think when we look at some of the different work streams that the CGF support their members on uh, that don't relate to COVID I think it's really important to continue with that activity you might not be able to talk publicly in the same way as pre-pandemic but when we get to recovery those particular topics are going to be incredibly important because it will be part of how society re, 
reevaluate the things that they do. Yeah, yes. And I think we can only hope to that this this crazy situation that we found ourselves in does bring a, a fresh perspective and maybe does bump up these issues on a bit higher on the priority list for, for so, some companies and brands where perhaps it hasn't been top of the list. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And I think just following on that as well, we know journalists are still looking for content that isn't directly COVID related. Okay. We we'll have some link. Mm. So I think the whole point of, if we take um, health and well-being as an example, how to stay healthy. There's a lot of apps and uh, a lot of influencers looking at how you can physically try and work out or you can look after your mental well-being. Um, but I think we, there could be a little more, and I'm sure we'll see it soon, how you can make sure you're eating well and which particular things you can freeze versus ones that you can keep in the fridge or different recipes you can use with leftovers so I think there's a good example there of easy ways that journalists can have something that's not quite as heavily COVID related in terms yeah. of but still fits very much so with some of the the topics that your members will be wanting to, to talk about yeah yeah absolutely and that readers are interested in because it's relevant to their their reality in this this new world so looking forwards to the the post-covid world do you see corporate messaging needing to change taking into account these the new realities that at that point we will we will be facing completely yeah in fact, I'm, i mean i'm convinced it has to and mm. um, you know we've already mentioned that there will be a different consumer habit there will be a cultural shift uh, because of what everybody's been through and it's going to be slightly strange because on a global level a vast amount of people have gone through the same thing but equally every market or every country has had a different response so you've got this strange kind of positioning where we all understand the same thing but we'll have a different reaction now that we've all had that different reaction, I think corporate messaging is going to have to try and alter and shift to meet that new reality. Um, it's going to have a different level of scrutiny from consumers and from governments uh, because we've all been through this particular pandemic. The actions of different brands will be remembered by consumers and by governments and bearing in mind every person on the planet is a consumer whether they're an employee and a consumer or a yeah. government stakeholder and a consumer, everybody at the moment is a consumer and will have tried to go through or will have been through the same things. So we'll need to look at a different tone, a different reception for corporate messages. And I think people will have long memories. There will be a lot of people that will remember how brands and companies have acted during this pandemic. And that messaging is going to have to align with the actions that have been taken today. Mm, super interesting. So how do you think that us at the CGF can, can help our membership to, to deal with these challenges? I think there's a good number of things that you guys already do that should not stop and should continue, even though we're in slightly uncertain times. Um, you know, helping the industry come together and share knowledge of that changed consumer behavior will be really key because it will have changed in so many different areas. And it's this new reality that we'll all have to try and face. It's important we all understand it. 
I think there's also certain programs that need to keep running so that COVID doesn't actually derail some of those pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've talked about choosing healthier lives, but I think on the sustainability front, now more than ever, after a particular pandemic that's been far reaching, you know, from, from Guatemala to the streets of Paris, whether that be coffee workers that are starting within a supply chain, whether that be cocoa farmers and then a product ending up uh, in a consumer's hand, we need to look completely through the, the value chain and consider how things have changed for everybody through that ways of working and highlight that and bring that working knowledge together so that again you know corporate messaging can change so that can we can marry up with consumer behaviors and do the right thing be purposeful with true action but in a changed environment okay noted all of these points <laughs> so, <laughs> so my final question victoria this is this is the one that i love to end the podcast with every time and it's a bit more of a personal question for you i would love to hear what keeps you inspired and motivated to to keep going to work every day or at the moment getting out of bed and going to your living room to to work every day and and keep yeah doing the job that you're doing I mean, right now, I think helping to tell some of the, the great stories of support uh, is, is just inspiring. You know, some of the different clients that I work with, they're working so hard to minimize the financial impact in different areas. So one client supplies bars and restaurants with beer. And it's always quite nice to have a beer client. But I think some of the wonderful things that they're doing, small things, and they've, they've got some large donations, but also looking at the little things that they can do to help independent uh, restaurants and bars. So freezing rent on their beer pumps, it sounds like something so small, but actually for an industry where their you know, revenue has basically stopped, been stopped overnight, uh, that's a vital lifeline. And what if, if, lots of different suppliers did the same thing it would really help to ease the burden and prevent some of them from from facing quite serious financial difficulty then we've got clients who've been producing cleaning products working around the clock whilst ensuring that their workers are safe and social distancing so they have really half capacity but actually running at different hours to be able to provide those cleaning products um, and some that are just making some amazing content that will offer a slight lifeline and a ray of sunshine to cheer people up in isolation yeah. so that's inspiring um but equally i think ensuring that facts are out there and not fake news yes i think at the moment there's been a vast amount of rumor that then hits the headlines mm, as facts and that's quite terrifying and that doesn't help in these scenarios. So it is motivating to ensure that true communication is being made in a sense. Yeah. And that when somebody distorts something, that it can be corrected quickly. And I think finally, you know, when we can't physically socialize, when we can't physically communicate with people directly and in person, communication actually becomes even more important. And I think it's very quick and easy to dismiss uh, comms and, and marketing during a particular situation like this. But actually keeping those conversations running is vital 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that brands, companies don't go silent, but just communicate in the right way and communicate sensitively. Right now, people need that, especially if they're isolated. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been really, really interesting to hear your take on things. And it's certainly going to be an interesting ride for all of us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. If you would like to find out more about our work at the Consumer Goods Forum, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. We are also currently hosting a series of webinars on COVID-19 where we talk to key players and find out about how our industry is meeting the crisis head on, supporting people, keeping shelves stocked and trucks moving. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the podcast for more episodes coming very soon. Thank you for listening and stay safe. Bye for now.